From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Once again, we count it a privilege to welcome you to another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak. Today, we'll hear another message in the life and earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, a series preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, A Quiet Heart. The text is Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 15. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. It is always weakness to be fretting and worrying, questioning and mistrusting. What can we do if we wear ourselves to skin and bone? Can we gain anything by fearing and fuming? Do we not unfit ourselves for action and unhinge our minds for wise decision? We are sinking by our struggles when we might float by faith. Oh, for grace to be quiet! Why run from house to house to repeat the weary story which makes us more and more heartsick as we tell it? Why even stay at home to cry out in agony because of wretched forebodings which may never be fulfilled? It would be well to keep a quiet tongue. But it would be far better if we had a quiet heart. Oh, to be still and know that Jehovah is God. Oh, for grace to be confident in God. The Holy One of Israel must defend and deliver His own. He cannot run back from His solemn declarations. We may make sure that every word of His will stand, though the mountains depart. He deserves to be confided in. And if we would display confidence and consequent quietness, we might be as happy as the spirits before the throne. Come, my soul, return unto thy rest, and lean thy head upon the bosom of the Lord Jesus.
As God's people prepare to enter into the Christmas season, they meet with much that distracts and detracts from what should be the main focus of this joyous time of year, the incarnation of God's beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Too often, the demands of holiday traditions and the increasing secularization of this special time obscure the glad news of the angels, Unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. To assist you in meditating upon the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ into the world, Let the Bible Speak is happy to offer a unique publication called The Twelve Days of Christmas. Written by Roger Ellsworth, an experienced minister and writer, The Twelve Days of Christmas is a small paperback book containing 24 Christmas devotions, each including a short scripture reading, and a concluding portion that draws lines of application from the text to modern-day life. The book is intended to help the hearts and minds of believers to focus on the wonder of the Incarnation, as well as to encourage unbelievers to come in repentance and faith to Christ. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to make this inspirational booklet available free of charge to our listening audience. You may have a copy simply by contacting us by phone, email, or regular mail. By phone, call 864-244-2408. 
That's 864-244-2408. You may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may write Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. We encourage you to request your free copy of The Twelve Days of Christmas today. On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns will conclude a message entitled, The Many Faces of Saving Grace, part of this series in the life and earthly ministry of Christ. The text is found in several portions of Luke chapter 7, which recount three episodes in the Savior's ministry, the raising of the son of the widow of Nain, the anointing of Christ by the woman named only as a sinner, Then the service rendered to Christ by a group of women, which included Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Susanna. Of the three, Mary Magdalene is well known. The last two ladies are mentioned only here in Scripture. Dr. Cairns points out how God uses ordinary people in His kingdom. An important lesson here is that God saves people to use them for His glory. Although the Lord doesn't need any of us, He delights to give the redeemed the privilege of serving Him. Our part is to surrender to Him all that we have. Now Dr. Cairns brings the final portion of this message, the many faces of saving grace. You know, there's always this unhealthy, it's the smallest 
the easiest way I can describe it. There's an unhealthy fascination with the occult, even among Christians. When I went to Germany preaching there, I was scandalized to find among Christians the amount of interest in the occult. And so much interest indeed that it appeared to me that people were falling more and more uh, under the fear of the occult. So it may be very good reason why we're not told how she came under this satanic control. At any rate, her case appeared hopeless, and it was hopeless. There's nobody could do anything for Mary Magdalene. A less likely candidate for sainthood would have been very difficult to imagine. Then Jesus came. And that's always what makes the difference. Great old hymn. Used to hear it all the time when solo singers sang. Now they're that busy singing rubbish. They can't sing decent hymns. One sat alone beside the highway begging. His eyes were blind, the light he could not see. He clutched his rags and shivered in the shadows. Then Jesus came and bade his darkness flee. When Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. When Jesus comes, that's it. That's what happened to Mary Magdalene. A hopeless, helpless, wretched, demon-possessed woman. And Jesus came and set her free. Reminds me of what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 146, verse 7. The Lord looseth the prisoners. Thank God he's still in that job. He's still loosing the prisoners. I don't often get to hear it, but when I came to America at first, I used to hear it a lot more often. It was always a great encouragement to me to hear the radio program over WMUU of the Chicago uh, Pacific Garden Mission. And the program was called Unshackled. Many of you have heard it. Again and again, the most hopeless, the most helpless, the most gripped by the devil, then Jesus came and set them free. Thank God he's still in the business of breaking the devil's grip on the lives of men and women. John 8, 36 gives us his own glorious promise, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And so completely did Christ change Mary Magdalene's heart that from being a slave of Satan, she became a devoted servant of Christ. You know, that's the story in every Christian's life. That's what grace does. You may not have been demon-possessed, but I want to tell you, you were certainly demon-oppressed. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that the energy of Satan is what drives the ungodly. I understand that. I don't want to get off on a tangent this morning, but that would give you a whole world of affairs if only you would stop to think of it. It's the energy of Satan that drives the ungodly. But what happens when you're saved? As Paul wrote to the Romans in chapter 6, verse 17, God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but you've obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. No longer a slave of the devil, now a slave 
of Jesus Christ and therefore a slave of righteousness. The Church of England prayer book has a prayer in it that I think we would do well never to forget, at least the, the little part of it that I'll quote, speaking to the Lord and saying, Thy service is the most perfect freedom. Thy service is the most perfect freedom. That's what Mary Magdalene found when Jesus, in grace, released her from the grasp of Satan. And then finally, in verse 3 of chapter 8, we see Christ with Joanna, Susanna, and the others. And in grace, he received their gifts. Joanna was the wife of Herod's steward. And Susanna, with others, ministered to Christ of their substance. Now, we know very little about these women. Two things that do stand out about them. Number one, they were rich. That was most unusual for Christ's disciples. They were well off. The other thing is they were very needy because here they are mentioned among those out of whom were cast evil spirits or infirmities, people whom Jesus healed in some extraordinary way. Rich in this world's goods, and yet spiritually in terrible need. But God saved them. It's interesting to think of Joanna. Joanna was the wife of Herod's steward. Now, there's a little dispute as to what that might be. Whatever it was, it was a certainly a very eminent position in the household of Herod. He might have been the head of the whole household. He might have been his treasurer, or he might have been a tutor. We're not quite sure. But John the Baptist was in Herod's prison and from time to time was brought before Herod. And you can only wonder, was Joanna first touched with the gospel by the witness of the Baptist? I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me. For God so often turns the wrath of man to praise him. I find later that there were saints even in Caesar's. That was Nero's palace. The Lord can have his people anywhere. These people anyway, for the most part, were anonymous. And that makes them a fair bunch of representatives for you and me. The vast army of little people in the church of Christ. I want you to see them. There they were. The Lord hath done great things for us. Therefore, we will minister to him of our substance. Of their money? Really, that was their substance? They brought what they could to minister to Christ. There's a great lesson here. The Lord Jesus Christ doesn't save people without being ready to use them. Now, you take that as an absolute rule. Doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what stage in life you are when God saves you, your background when Christ redeems you. It doesn't matter any of these things. 
When God saves a man or a woman or a boy or a girl, he is ready to use that person. These women ministered to, they served Christ. Now, didn't Jesus say the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister? In other words, the Lord Jesus didn't need these women, but he received them. That's true of us all. I can't enrich God by my giving. I can't impoverish God by my refusal to give. I can't personally advance the cause of God by submitting my life for service, and I can't impede the cause of God by not giving my life for service. Because there's a sovereign God in the throne, and his kingdom ruleth over all, and his work will prevail. But the beauty of this is, these women offered their service, and Christ accepted it. What a privilege that is. Wouldn't it have been easy for them to say, what? A converted demoniac? Is that the one that Christ wants by him? Wouldn't it have been easy to say, we don't have much place there. We're nobodies. We're nothings. It would have been easy to say it. But they'd have missed the blessing. Because the Christ who saved them received their gifts. I think of the words of the Lord to Moses under different circumstances, but certainly applicable to you and me today. When the Lord was sending Moses forth, Moses felt totally incapable of being the man that God wanted him to be. The Lord said, Moses, what is that in thine hand? What is it? Now, Moses didn't have a king's scepter. He didn't have a box of gold. Moses didn't have a degree certificate. Moses just had a stick. But that stick became the rod of God, the emblem of divine power, the instrument of divine working. What do you have in your hand this morning? Has God saved you? Then he means to use you. Lord, there's my stick. There's all I have. Or in the case of these people, there's my substance. There's all I have. There's my reputation. There's everything I am and have. I abandon it all to Christ. That's the key. That is the key. There's all I am and have. 
he will receive your gifts and use them to the honor of his name. So here are the many faces and facets of saving grace. Christ finds us guilty and and grieving and enslaved, and he makes us into the useful people of God. Let me leave it with you today. If you're not saved, you fall into these categories. Grieving, guilty, enslaved. And there's grace to save. And if you have been saved, then that grace that saves means to take you and use you to the glory of him who is your Redeemer. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Let's all pray. Father in heaven, bless thy word to every heart. Write it upon the fleshy tables of the heart. O God, use thy word today to bring saving grace to those who know not the Savior. And use thy word to bring encouragement and challenge to those who know Christ. O Lord, we would seek to emulate these women of whom we have read today because Christ has dealt with us as he dealt with them. Thank God for the grace that has dealt with the grief of sin and that has dealt with the guilt of sin, that has dealt with the slavery of sin. Lord, we thank thee today for saving grace and all its many operations. Help us in the light of it to give all we are and have to Jesus Christ, for the glory of his name and the extension of his kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We are here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak.